What are the differences between a turtle and a tortoise? Let's begin with what they have in common. Both are reptiles. Both have shells. Both begin with T. But you'll only find the tortoise on land, whereas you will likely find many turtles only in the sea. Tortoise shells are also more rounded, as I learned in a conversation yesterday on the downtown mall. Either way, both are honored on May 23rd, which is World Turtle Day. How will you celebrate? Either way, Charlottesville Community Engagement sends love and appreciation to two of this planet's most interesting species. On today's program, Charlottesville is advising people to stay away from Mead Creek due to E. coli. Charlottesville City Schools are one of several localities across the Commonwealth to get school construction assistance. A plan to put solar panels atop the Ivy Landfill has the go-ahead from the State Corporation Commission, and Charlottesville City Council learns more about the drafting of an economic development strategy for the city. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, are you, or someone you know, feeling down? Looking for access to mental health resources and a little light movement? Consider attending the final Groove the Blues Away event this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Tonsler Park in Charlottesville. The event features representatives from Central Virginia Community Acupuncture, Common Ground Healing Arts, Sisters Conquering Cancer, the Trauma-Informed Community Network, and the University of Virginia Cancer Center. Groove the Blues Away is sponsored by Black Women of Central Virginia, Diversity and Community Engagement at UVA, Move to Health Equity, Well Aware, and Integrated Translational Health Research Institute of Virginia, I Thrive. And Groove the Blues Away is 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. this Saturday in Tonsler Park. Routine water monitoring by the Rivanna Conservation Alliance has detected elevated levels of E. coli bacteria in Mead Creek near Mead Park. Charlottesville is warning people to avoid contact with the waterway. Here's a section from a press release sent out this afternoon. E. coli is a type of fecal coliform bacteria, and when it is found in water, it is a strong indicator of sewage or animal waste contamination, which can cause disease or illness. Mead Creek is a tributary of the Rivanna River that begins beneath Garden Street and Walnut Street in the Belmont neighborhood and flows north through an underground pipe before becoming daylighted at Mead Park. The city will keep the public up to date on a new Urban Stream health page. There's a link in the newsletter. Pollock's Branch is another waterway where E. coli is frequently detected by the Rivanna Conservation Alliance's monitoring tactics. The Virginia Board of Education held a special meeting on May 11th to take care of unfinished business, including the award of $365 million from the School Construction Assistance Program. Kent Dickey is Deputy Superintendent for the Division of Budget, Finance, and Operations. This is the major uh, grant, school construction grant program that was um, created at the uh, 2022 session, uh, funded at $450 million. The Board of Education established 11 scoring criteria in the fall, and this was applied to all of the applications. Those criteria focus on poor building conditions, commitment, and need, which were the key um, triggers um, the General Assembly uh, placed in the Appropriation Act. 
In all, there were 119 applications from 63 school divisions. Charlottesville submitted the Buford Middle School project with a budget of $87,813,410 and scored a 77. That translates into nearly $17.6 million in state funds, or about 20% of the project's total amount. The cost estimate used in the application is slightly lower than the full cost of the project, which includes design work. Here's a press release that was sent out on May 18th. The grant will enable Charlottesville to achieve the full estimated $91.8 million scope of its middle school project, including the renovation of the Fine Arts Building, a terraced outdoor classroom, and a redeveloped school garden, without compromising funding for other school facility needs or capital improvement projects. A contract has been awarded to Nielsen Construction for the Buford project, and work is expected to begin shortly after school ends on June 9th. The award has the potential to free up other funding for Charlottesville City Schools, but staff are still studying compliance requirements. Amanda Corman wrote in an email to me, she's the city school spokeswoman, that by the terms of the grant, the city agreed to maintain or increase the percentage of local revenues dedicated to public education throughout the duration of the financing proposed for the project. As they carefully review the grant requirements, she said it is possible that this grant will create opportunities for the city to support other school facility needs. Other projects in the 5th District went to Danville, the city of Lynchburg, Halifax County, Appomattox County, Campbell County, Pennsylvania County, and Nelson County. Details of all of that in the newsletter. Uh, 5th District Community Engagement is not a podcast, so you don't get to hear that part. Go read it. A project to install solar panels atop the Ivy Landfill has been cleared by the State Corporation Commission. That entity regulates power generation in the Commonwealth and requires Dominion Energy to submit proposed solar projects that seek to use funds from ratepayers. This dates back to the passage of the Virginia Clean Economy Act in 2020. The project at the Ivy Landfill was one of several projects that Dominion submitted last October and was approved by the SCC in a final order dated April 13th. Bill Moyer is the executive director of the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority, which owns and mitigates the landfill, which was closed in the late 1990s. We anticipate that that project may be completed next calendar year at the Ivy MUC. The panels will cover about 17 acres of the landfill, and the facility will be operated not by Dominion, but by the Community Power Group, who will sell energy to the utility. Moyer said the RSWA is aiming for a June 22nd grand opening for the Southern Convenience Center in Keene. That will be a place where residents in Southern Albemarle can drop off trash and other items to recycle. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, one Patreon supporter wants you to know that Charlottesville now has an e-bike lending library. E-bikes are a great way to get around community, but they are many brands and styles to choose from. Because many e-bikes are sold online, it can be kind of tricky to try an e-bike before you buy one. So that's where the Charlottesville e-bike lending library comes in. It's a free, not-for-profit service working to expand access to e-bikes in the area. If you have 
a small collection of e-bikes that they lend out to community members for up to a week for free. You can experience your daily commute, go grocery shopping, even bike your kids to school, and decide whether e-bikes are right for you. Check out the service at www.ebikelibrarycville.org. Charlottesville is in the midst of writing up a document intended to guide how economic development should be conducted by the local government. Residence Consulting of New York City was awarded the contract to create a strategic plan for the topic. Here is Residence Vice President Stephen Pedigo at the May 15th meeting of Charlottesville City Council. First and foremost um, is that Charlottesville is a diverse and young community with an authentic small-town charm. Um, Charlottesville is home to a highly skilled workforce, a variety of industries, and a really strong, um, healthy economy. Pedigo said 72% of residents have at least a bachelor's degree. Unemployment is low, and there are several industries including defense, business services, life sciences, and tourism. Charlottesville's got um, the opportunity to really lead in life sciences and clean technology. Obviously, these are two sectors that are growing quite fast for the country. Uh, But in addition to that, there are really strong assets and associations in Charlottesville to support the growth of these sectors. However, Pedigo said Charlottesville should do more to make sure its economic development strategy leads to more inclusivity. There's a lot of opportunity uh, in terms of the knowledge-based sector. It's a highly uh, skilled uh, population. There are gaps as it relates to earnings, poverty, and educational attainment levels between uh, white and BIPOC populations. So you'll see that we've put a considerable amount of effort and thought into how we can approach those challenges in our economic development strategy. The plan will recommend steps to strengthen the workforce development ecosystem to help address opportunity gaps. Otherwise, he said there's no real reason to have a strategic plan. So when we think about economic development today, particularly um, just broadly speaking, it can't just be about business attraction or even business expansion. There has to be a workforce development piece to that. Pedigo said the city needs to do more to tell the story of economic development and wealth creation in the city. The plan itself will have a very clear vision statement. A cultural and creative capital of Virginia, Charlottesville treasures its people and diversity, a leader in innovation and sustainability. It's a nice, strong vision statement to grow, uh, to guide our economic development work, to be kind of that future vision that we, that we hope to achieve out of our economic development strategy. Strategic plans are about goals and strategies, and here are some examples. Goal one is equitable entrepreneurship. Strategies include establishing a one-stop source to help people from diverse backgrounds navigate various city processes. Another is to establish a subsidized commercial space on or near the downtown mall. Goal three is pathways for opportunity, which relates to creating workforce development pipelines, and there are eight strategies. One is just continuing to educate private sector leaders on the importance of workforce development and why they should be thinking about this in partnership with the city and the county and its partners. Pedigo said residents will develop an implementation plan that will be up to city staff to follow. Charlottesville Economic Development Director Chris Engel said that the various strategies will each come with ways to measure if outcomes are being met. 
One of the challenges we've presented to the uh, consultants is to present us with data uh, metrics that are attainable, that don't cost us an arm, arm and a leg, so to speak. So freely available data that is readily available annually so that we can use that as a, uh, a starting point for measuring progress on each of these. That'll be easier on some of these than others. Um, so we'll have to dive into that and kind of create a path for each of the big buckets, the, each of the five major goals um, to, to have accountability on each of those with some metrics under, under each of them. Engel said some of the strategies will be led by partnership organizations, and there are five people in his office to work on others. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade noted that residents had also worked to develop an economic development strategy for Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville is rocking, you know, what they're doing down there, and I think that if we could, you know, get some insights or some of the things that they're doing down there um, here... Councillor Leah Perrier said she was glad to see metrics for the first goal. My concern is having small businesses, having diversity, but making sure that not only are they visible, but that they are sustainable. It's one thing for me to open a business today, and we all know that it's a two to three year time frame before businesses are going to net a profit. Per year, wants to make sure that businesses generated through this process can be nurtured through both funding and support mechanisms. And at what point do you have serious conversations with businesses about their viability before they launch? Or midstream, if the viability changes, what are we doing to help them make the necessary shifts? Engel said that the United Way's Envision grant program is an example of the type of support that does exist and is targeted for businesses at a critical point in their life cycle. Councillor Michael Payne said he would like the city to be more explicit in its desire to help households build wealth. Richmond's created an office of community wealth building. Burlington and Oakland have made significant progress here. And thinking about how that connects to some of the things you mentioned, like workforce development, GO programs, but how could that connect as part of an even bigger picture strategy around community development corporations, community development financial institutions that are opening up wealth building to everyone in the community? Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook asked if economic development had ever heard from anyone with concerns about not being able to expand within the city limits. Engel said the topic comes up a lot. Space is one of the key questions we get from new and growing companies here. Um, 10 square miles is not much, and 70% of it is in residential, and um, that's unlikely to change, only to get more dense, most likely. So we're, we're very limited, um, which is why we participate regionally. And, you know, a company that lands in Green or Louisa or Albemarle County can provide and does provide jobs um, for us. The final version of the Economic Development Strategic Plan should be available sometime this summer. And that's two in a row, two days in a row of a newsletter, and hopefully we'll get a third tomorrow. This is all made possible because there are hundreds of people who have opted to pay some money to make sure the work continues. I will say over and over again how important this is to ensuring that there will be an episode 537, 637, and perhaps even a number 736. 
so many numbers, and many of them are in the spreadsheet that I use to keep track of this program, as well as 5th District community engagement. The goal of Town Crier Productions is to work toward better understanding the how, where, when, and why of decisions made in the community. Ting supports this work, and if you sign up through Substack for a paid subscription, Ting will match your initial payment. If you sign up for Ting and a link in the newsletter, you know what you're going to get. I'm going to skip that one today and tell Rocky that I really thank him for the music that comes all across the podcast, including this tag. Goodbye.